Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. We are here for the first regular season postgame show of the year. It's uh, Memphis Grizzlies over the LA Clippers in Los Angeles, 120 to 114. Jaron Jackson Jr. with a dagger to seal it for the Grizzlies. Isaac, what'd you think about this one, man? Yeah, maybe maybe that'll quiet some of those critics, man. He was taking a lot of heat after that first game, Un- unwarranted heat, man. So I was glad to see him have a big game. But such a such a well played game, man, for to be the second game of the season and. Just glad the Grizzlies came out on top, man. Just a fantastic basketball game. Just a game of runs. I mean, Grizzlies had runs. The Clippers fight back, and the Grizzlies would, would come right back at them, man. It was just a, a fun game to watch, man. A lot, a lot of good looking at this box score and, and the team stats. So we got a lot of good stuff to talk about from this. Yeah, for sure, man. He, he, he shot the ball better tonight than he did in the first game. You know, he ended the game 21.7 rebounds. How about that for Jaron yeah. Jackson? Uh, still in a block. He had, you know, three for five from three, six for six from the free throw line. Yeah, that, that's did, big, too, to have know. a big that concept that you feel confident that can go to the free throw line. I mean, he's money from the free throw line, and that's not something that you always have from your fours and fives, so that's that's big as well. And the team shot free throws, the whole team shot free throws well tonight. Yeah, Steven Adams was five for five. Yeah, that's man. not going to happen night in and night out, obviously, but that, you know, it was it was big from him to go five for five. Sign me up for that. Uh, you know, Desmond Bain. Missed one, and that's like that's unlikely. Yeah. He's probably the the best free throw shooter on the team, and he missed one. And Stephen Adams goes five for five. But you know, you look at the uh, the starters, and and that's who carried this, the the game. They didn't get much help from the bench. You're looking at no. 13 points from the bench. Um, you know, slow mo really really struggled. Brandon Clark didn't play bad. Um, he he just you know his shots just were not falling. You know, he, he had a, a couple rebounds. Um, Coach Jenkins kind of went to him late, closing out the game, which was a little bit surprising. Yeah. But, you know, with the, the lineup that the Clippers had on the floor, he was just kind of a better matchup. And uh, and it's good to see that Jenkins is showing confidence in him again. Um, I hate it because I feel like one of, one of the better players on this roster is not seeing time. And to me, it's not deserved. And that's Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I was talking about that on Twitter, man. And, and, and I don't want to – like jump on contrary because I love Diddy. I mean, for, for what he is, he's a fantastic player. When you need him to, to step in games, man, he he's come in at times and played really good minutes for him. But when, when you look at your, your best 10 players on the team right now, he's he's not that guy. He's like the 11 guy, and he just shouldn't be in this rotation right now. And it's just kind of surprising because I, I think Xavier Tillman's too good not to be seeing any minutes at all. Uh, I, I think he should be getting some time on the floor because, I mean, we saw – times last year where he's fantastic for this team um and, and it's just crazy to see him completely outside of the rotation now we'll uh, see what happens uh as time goes on but right now man it, it seems like Contrar is going to be a, a part of this rotation again i, I like jitty and don't want to jump on his case or anything think like i hate hate jitty as a player man i i just think there is a better guy and, and as you said i think that guy is Adrian Tillman, and i think he should be getting playing time 
Yeah, I think that it, it just boils down to this, and it's it's not a shot on Jitty. It's just the, the fact of the situation. Your 10 best players should be getting the rotation minutes, and there's nothing that anybody can do that can convince me that John Conchar is better than Xavier Tillman. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't dislike Conchar. I like his energy. I like his hustle. I like a lot of the things that he brings to the yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, when, when you – like you say, when somebody's injured, when you know you really need him to come off the bench, you know what he's going to bring to the game. But I just don't feel like he deserves to be. I won't say deserves to be because that's a little bit rough. Like, yeah, I don't think that he should be in the ten man rotation right now. He puts in the work to to earn that. So you know, like I, I can respect that part of it. But to me, Tillman should be the one getting those minutes. Um, how you would go about distributing Tillman those minutes? I don't know. You know, it makes things a little bit different, you know, with him being a big and contrary, being able to play the wing. Yeah. Still, you know, like you've got enough guys that can play the wing that you can get Tillman in there and it wouldn't be that big of an issue. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter and they're like, well, DB's out and he's the guy that they trust to take up those minutes from, from the slack from DB not being there. But as you said, I mean, they have enough guys to where you can kind of redistribute those minutes, even if it takes between multiple guys. I, I just think, Tillman at some point should be on the floor. I just think he's too good of a, a basketball player not to be getting minutes right now. Uh, but you talk about the bench, only 13 points off the bench tonight. But you had some some good stuff. I mean, it's some good activity uh, from from guys. I mean, BC only had three points, but he also had six rebounds, two mm-hmm. assists. Lomo, four points, had seven rebounds, assists, a steal, and a block. And, man, shout-out to Zaire Williams. I, I know if you didn't watch the game, you kind of look at this box score, six points, two assists, two or four from the field. Uh, but – uh, two of two or four from three, uh, which is big, man. You love to to see him knocking down those threes, knock down one from a corner, a big shot, uh, and then another one from the top of the key. Uh, but just out there making plays, man. Some hustle plays. Yeah. He's made some great passes after the night. And and one thing I, I'm really happy, and I tweeted this out right before we came on here. I'm happy the coaching staff is letting him take his lumps out there because I think in the long term, I think that's going to really play play out, uh, pay off in the long term. I think. Showing that confidence on him in him is going to be do wonders for him. Uh, yeah, I just you, think you've got to you've got to have him at his best in order for this team to reach its ceiling. Yeah, because when we, we talked about this in the off season, wondered was he going to be in rotation? How he was going to play? And you always felt like he was going to be on a rotation. I kind of kind of questioned it, but I'm kind of glad to see it because again, I think getting this experience now. I mean, how many minutes he played? Uh, 16 minutes tonight, uh, and, and again, great activity. See something once he gets. Confident in his offensive game, I, I think he's going to really contribute for this team, and I think it's going to happen this season. And he's already doing some good things out there, even though he's not scoring a lot of points. But you yeah. like to see the three pointers, and you love the activity and his passing ability. I think is it, it's been fantastic. I mean, he's made some 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 clutch, some key passes there, and, and set guys up for some great looks. So I like what I've seen as I hear here early, despite not scoring a lot of points. But again, he scored six points in both of them three pointers. So you definitely love to see that. Yeah, just high IQ plays, and, and that's stuff that doesn't, you know, if you don't watch the game and you only read the box score, you're not going to see those high IQ plays. There was one play, like, where they were running the floor. It was him and, and Melton, and I wanted so bad for Melton to throw him the lob, so, man. Yeah, I know I'm the play like, you're talking I'm about. Like, let's see it. Like, get it back up, yeah. <laughs> let's see it, yeah. And and he, he passed it to him, and then uh, Zaire dumped it back to Melton. Back to Melton, yeah. You know, and, and it was a good play. It was. But the lob was – I feel like the lob was there. And, and, you know, like Zaire had the the angle. He was sprinting down the floor. I'm like, oh, this is about to be showtime. 
and it was still a good play, but it, it was a letdown for me because I was just waiting to see him explode. And, and you know, I, I think eventually we will see that. Um, you know, some of it is just chemistry kind of, you know, working things out. Stephen Adams spoke about it in the uh, the postgame presser about the the improvement that you see from this team from the time that they came to open gym to where they're at now. And uh, I, I thought it was great. He mentioned one of the key things is that they have to realize they're not the best team right now. Like they're not the yeah. best, best version of themselves. So they've got to go out and work on it and continue to prove throughout the season. And, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm completely fine. I told you when we talked about it being wrong with the win totals, I, I'm 100% fine with it, but man, the way they're closing these first two games out and, and that's, you know, so closing out a game against Cleveland doesn't sound too impressive, but if you watch that game and watch what they've done to the Hawks tonight, a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, that makes that win a little bit more impressive over Cleveland. You know, you know, Memphis is a favorite. They're supposed to beat that team, but I don't think that uh, Cleveland is going to be such a pushover like they were no. in the last few years. Yeah, I said that the other night. I think, I think Cleveland's going to be a, a lot better than people think. I mean, that's a good lineup. I mean, you look at their front court with, with uh, uh, Mobley and Jared Allen. I mean, that, that has the potential to cause a lot of problems for some teams. Then you have that dynamic backcourt with Garland and Sexton. Um, and, and you got uh, a, a big, that small forward there that can can potentially knock down shots. I mean, I, I think they're, they're going to be able to cause some problems for teams now. I mean, the, the chemistry and all that's going to be a question. I mean, you see Evan Mobley's still a rookie, uh, but I, I think that team's going to be better than – that a lot of people think, and I'm pulling for J.B. Bickerstaff, former Grizzlies interim head coach. Uh, I, I, I think he's a good coach, and I would like to see him have some success there. And, again, when you look back on that win, like you said, what they did to Atlanta tonight, that makes that win a little bit more impressive. Uh, but to go back to the press conference tonight, I wanted to get the opportunity, didn't get the opportunity to ask them, didn't get called on, but uh, Stephen Adams was kind of asked about – someone asked, asked my question, I think it might have been Evan Barnes, uh, asked my question about his uh, passing ability. I mean, he kind of downplayed it, said that the guys are just making great cuts and and he's just passing the ball. But, I mean, his basketball IQ and passing ability has just been on full display. I mean, I'm going to go back to the Cleveland game on that jump ball where he tipped it out the jaw uh, for, for the dunk. I mean, just a tremendous play. I mean, he find cutters. I mean, I think that's a really undersold part of his game. When people talk about Stephen Adams, you think, usually think about rebounding and size. But I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing that he brings to this team. And even tonight, I mean, just scoring the basketball, uh, 17 points, nine rebounds, five assists, uh, even had two steals, man, five of five from the free throw line, six of nine from the floor, highest plus minus on the team at plus 17. I mean, he had a fantastic game tonight. And if, if he can, can play like he plays tonight, he's not going to score 17 points every night, but if he can get you 12, 13, 14 every night, I think that's going to be big. And, and we both said that we they think he's going to be a better player here in Memphis uh, than he was in New Orleans. And I just think it was a bad fit uh, next to Zion. I think he's perfect. To, to play with John, to play next to, to Jaron. Um, and I, I think he's going to be big for this team. And through the first two games, I mean, he's really, really played well, even going back to the preseason. Yeah, you know, um, we mentioned in the preseason about, you know, I, I know that I said I felt like we would see more of the 18-19 Stephen Adams because of the yeah. fit, man. It was just so bad down there. And early on, we are. We're seeing more of that, you know, the, the 13 points, nine and a half rebounds, a block shot, you know, defensive stats, being disruptive, whether it's, you know, stealing the ball, blocking shots, you know, just being in the right place on defense. We're seeing that for the Grizzlies. 
And it wasn't because Adams was just washed last year. That's not the case at all. It's just a, the, a matter of fit. You know, some guys are going to fit in certain areas and some are not. Uh, another guy that was on that New Orleans team last year that th- looked like he was done is Eric Bledsoe, and he had a hell of a game for the Clippers tonight. You know, he, he was doing some things. You know, he, he was attacking the basket. He knew that Ja Morant was struggling on him defensively, and so anytime that he got matched up with Ja, he was attacking. Yeah, he just took straight to the basket. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. it, it neither one of those guys were happy in new Orleans and they get into a new location and it looks like that they're turning it around. So we'll see how that goes moving forward, but nothing but good stuff from, uh, from Adams tonight for sure. Yeah. They had a, a little instance where him and, um, Bledsoe and, and Adams kind of b- brushed up against each other, former teammates, Revan, uh, kind of laughed and, and, and called it out. I, I noticed that as well, that they were kind of, kind of going at each other a little bit there. Uh, but I mean, you, you look at the, the team stats, I mean, Grizzlies 42 of 90 for 46.7%. Um, they outshoot the Clippers. Clippers do get more shots up. Clippers 43 of 99 for 43.4%. Man, good three-point shooting night for the Grizzlies, man. Fantastic three-point shooting night. Actually, 15 of 36 for 41.7. And the Clippers go 13 of 39 for 33.3. So they outscore the Clippers by six points on the three-point line, and they win the game by six. Uh, same thing with the free throws. You can even look at that. Uh, Grizzlies 21 of 25 for 84%. Clippers 15 to 17 for 88.2 percent. Both teams shot the the basketball well from the free throw line, but the Grizzlies outscored them by six at the free throw line. So you can kind of look at either one of those and say there was difference in the game with the Grizzlies winning by six. But the thing that impressed me so much in this game is because we've seen this team over the years. You can go back to last year when they get big double digits leads and lose them. They usually don't win those basketball games, and they yeah. and they fought back twice tonight, a couple a couple two or three different times. Where, where they got kind of significant leads and kind of lost them. Paul George just looking like the all-star that he is, man, just putting up tough shots, knocking down threes, man, and just wouldn't allow the Clippers, the Grizzlies to kind of pull away from them and kept bringing them back in the game. And the Grizzlies fought back and fought back and, and eventually, man, took that lead late. Two big shots, man. Jer- the first off, Desmond Bain, two seconds on the shot clock, long two in the corner, and then Jaron comes back down and hits the big three. Um, and you saw Jaw with the pass, I mean, trusting his teammates to knock that down because he – he looks like he was going to try to drive to the basket, man. He caught Jared Jer- Jer- out of the corner of his eye, man. Dissed it out there to the cool- to the corner, man. And he knocked down a big shot. And, I mean, it's, again, the resiliency that this team showed tonight was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the, the thing with Paul George, man, they were defended. Yeah. Know, the, the I shots mean, he, he just makes tough the, shots. The there the were gap, a couple man. times when he just kind of got away. There, there were a couple times that that happened. But, you know, he, he is just a damn good basketball yeah. player. Just daggers, man. He, he gets a lot of flack because he underperformed in the playoffs a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that for him because, you know, he, yeah. he is he's one of the better players in the league. And for, you know, whatever reason, the, the playoff stage has just kind of uh, not not been, been his friend so much. And, well, I'd say he, he done pretty well in Indiana, but since then, not so much. So, you know, it, it's – the thing that impressed me the most were the adjustments that were made. If you look at that first quarter, the Clippers had five offensive rebounds yeah, in that first quarter. And I'm like, man, if this continues, this game is over. Like the Clippers are going to just steamroll them. And that's what it was looking like. And then after that, the Clippers, if, if I'm reading this right, I don't think that they got another offensive rebound after that. Let me look. My bad. They they did, but I mean it slowed down 
after that the, the rebounding gap closed it, it was it was pretty big in the first quarter and then Jenkins and the staff made adjustments yeah but you, you can't let those teams and Zubak was just getting wherever he wanted you know yeah, Hartstein was killing them too in, in, yeah. in, the, in the first quarter the mid early in the second but they really like you said they made adjustments and shut that down I said at halftime I felt good about it at halftime even though uh they, they were down at halftime I, I saw some things going on in that second quarter I was like man there's a lot of ISO going on for the Clippers yeah if they can shut this down and, and get these rebounds uh rebound the basketball better they're gonna win this basketball game and uh I, I tweeted that out at halftime and they made me look like a prophet uh they really made great <laughs> adjustments and end up winning the rebound battle 48 to, to 44 you got 14 offensive rebounds for the Clippers 13 for the Grizzlies but you got to look at where that came from after that first quarter and that's pretty miraculous with the way things were going that they won a rebounding battle tonight yeah yeah I, I would not after that first quarter I never would have guessed it I wouldn't have you know if you'd asked me to bet on who was gonna going to win the rebounding it, it I would have put my money on the Clippers and I would have lost and I'm completely fine with that I'm, big night from quite a few guys Desmond Bain I think you already talked about his stat line 19 Amen. points you know like big, big shots two assists six Shoot rebounds with confidence man Shoot with confidence. I, I love to see him getting up 10 threes a game. You know, like it's he was four for 10 from three, and that's, you know, that, that's fine. I, I think most nights he's going to make more than four if he's shooting 10 threes. Uh, DeAnthony Melton continues Man. to shoot the ball 50% from three tonight, four from eight, nine from 16 from the field, 22 points, seven rebounds, two assists, just everywhere. Man, and th there were – two or three hustle plays in that game where DeAnthony Melton really, really made a difference. And that stuff doesn't show up. You don't see all of that. But the, these guys are getting the opportunity to start, and they're taking advantage of it. And it makes you wonder what's going to happen when Dylan comes back. Yeah, and, and I hope – and that's, that's, that's definitely going to be the question because I hope when Dylan comes back that these guys don't slow down. Even if one of these guys is probably going to be coming off the bench, and I hope they don't lose – what they have right now. Because, I mean, we've seen and we've talked about Melton and his consistency issues. I mean, you see times where he plays like he's playing right now and he's just on another planet. I mean, just all over the floor. It's all about Mr. Mr. Do Something. He was doing everything out there tonight. It just seemed like it'd be everywhere on the floor. Every time there was a big play made when he was on the floor, it seemed like he had some part in it. Um, and you just love to see that from him. But I just hope when Dylan comes back and possibly he goes to the bench or Bane goes to the bench that they don't lose what they have right now. Because, I mean, they're, I mean, honestly, and it's, it's tough to say this with how good of a player and how good he was last year, they're really not missing Dylan right now with how well Melton and Bain are playing. I mean, they're just both on playing out of their minds right now, and they're kind of making up, more than making up for that gap. I mean, you got you got, uh, so what's that, 30, I mean, for 40, 39, 41 points between them tonight, mm -hmm. um, and 13 rebounds. You get 41 and 13 out of Melton and Bain, man, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, uh, with those sure. two guys playing like that. Yeah, I there were times tonight whenever the size made a difference. There were a few shots where Paul George just went straight up over the top of Melton because he yeah. knew that he could. And against Dylan, he doesn't have that advantage. And, you know, he may pull up, but, the, you know, he, he's not going to just go straight over the top of Dylan because, you know, the size difference isn't there. So oh, for sure. you know, th there were some things that, you know, like, oh, man, you know, if Dylan was out there, maybe that was different. But it worked out. You know, that's you have to learn to play with, you know, without your guys when they're injured because injuries are going to happen. It's a uh, tough game. 
and 82 games, a lot of little dings and stuff are going to happen. So glad to see those guys stepping up. Like I said, I'm a little bit scared as to what's going to happen whenever Dylan comes back. And I love Dylan. I'm not bad-mouthing him, but, you know, I don't want either one of these guys to lose their confidence because when they're playing like this, this team is dangerous. Definitely. Um, and, and, again, I think it, – I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, again, because I think Melton is kind of the one that I worry about the most. I'm not really worried about Bain. I think, again, we talked about going back to the summer, uh, how I, I think – the coaching staff entrusted him as kind of being that leader out there in summer league. I think that gave him some good vibes. He just kind of talked about, again, want to be more aggressive, want to be a guy that creates more for himself. And you can just see that he put in the work during the off season. So I'm not as worried, much worried about him. I just think Milton is kind of that guy you worry about because he has a history of disappearing for stretches. I mean, he'll have a month where he's awesome and then have a, a month where he just disappears. Uh, so, Hopefully, if, if he's the one that goes to the bench and Bain stays in the starting lineup, hopefully he can bring that same thing off the bench. Uh, because, again, he's been tremendous here early. And you can just see the confidence that he has right now. And a lot of times, he when he's playing bad, you can tell how frustrated he is. And sometimes he, he starts to do bad things. He over dribbles. He takes some bad shots at times when, when, when he's struggling. And that, you just don't want to see him revert back to that. Yeah, yeah definitely not. Uh, I, I got a little stat here, fast break breakfast. He tweeted this out after the game. Pretty impressive stat from DeAnthony Melton. He's played 25-plus minutes in nine games in the last two seasons. In those nine games, the Grizzlies are 7-2. and two. One of the losses was to Denver in overtime, and the other loss was to Phoenix. It was the fourth game in five nights. Jaron, Dylan, Kyle, and Brandon Clark were all out for that game. So that just tells you what kind of impact the Anthony Melton can have on the game and I'm it makes me happy that they got rid of Grayson Allen so we could actually see what they have in the Anthony Melton so my, my question for you I, I know we just kind of we, we touched on it a little bit here do you think when Dylan comes back that we see Melton stay in the lineup or do we see uh, Desmond Bain stay in the starting lineup man that's a tough one because you kind of look at the, the size, you would think, I mean, it, it's tough because I mean, when you when you look at the size, you think maybe they keep Melson in the starting lineup because he, he Dylan and, and Desmond are more similar in size. So so maybe you bring Bain off the bench, but I kind of want to say Bain's going to stay in the starting lineup. I just think it, it just seems like if you even go back to the history of of kind of this coaching staff and, and, and how they kind of handle Melton, you just kind of have – PSTTSD that that he's gonna bring Melton off the bench because that's just kind of what we've seen. We saw him consistently play Grayson Allen over Melton at times where we, we just kind of scratched our heads. So I got a feeling that the, the front office, I, I think the front office and this coaching staff is more sure about Bain as being a, a future member of this team. And we talk so much about how everything that they do is based on the future. And I think that they feel pretty confident that Bain is going to be a part of this team's future. I think the the question is still a little bit more out the jury with Melt is whether he's going to be a, a long-term fit on this team. But I think if he shows the consistency and he's the player that on both ends that we saw that through these first two games, I think he's definitely a part of future. He's on a great contract, and and I think that's the kind of the kind of stuff that you need in a small market. But again, I think kind of looking at it in that vein, I think it's going to probably going to be Bain that stays in the starting lineup, and I think we'll see Melton coming out the bench. But we'll see. I, I could be wrong. All right, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. <laughs> you, you get you get a, a couple years down the road. 
and you've got to make the decision between Bain and DeAnthony Melton. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and I know that you like size, so we're going to eliminate that. You can't say – you cannot – your reason cannot be <laughs> – because Desmond Bain is six six and Melton is what six two or six foot or whatever. Yeah. Like if you have to choose between those two guys, who who are you picking? Long long term based off of what we've seen so far this season. Honestly, man, and this is probably gonna surprise you because you, you go against the size thing. If Melton is the player that the two way player that that we've seen here early, I think I gotta go with Melton. I think the intangibles that he brings what what he does on the defensive end. Um, I mean, and, and Melton, I, I think I think Bain is is get, is better better defender than I think he gets credit for. Uh, he's strong, but I, I think when Melton is on a two way player, I mean, he's was the number one three point shooter on the team at one point last year, shooting forty five percent or something like that. So when he's this player, I mean, he can shoot the ball basketball as well and, and brings what he brings in defense, rebound, and everything else he does. If, if he could be consistent, and I know a lot of people would say I'm crazy for this. But I think I would go with Melton long term. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page, man. Same page. I, I don't think the offensive gap is big enough to make no, up for the, the defense. No, there a lot gap. of people is nowhere near what a lot of people would say. People were like, "Oh, Bain is such a better shooter." But I mean, you look at the numbers, and when 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 Melton is on and, he, and he's playing really well, that's not the case at all. Yeah, I mean that it may not come down to that. I hope that it doesn't come down to that. I'd like to see both of these guys. I think they got Melton under contract for uh, a couple more years. A couple more years, yeah. And, you know, Bain, Bain's uh, rookie extension comes up before that. So I, I don't think it's going to come down to something like that. But I, I just think that that's, uh, you know, man, you know, it's definitely going to come down to that whenever you, you get to the starting lineup thing. You know, is it going to be, you know, sliding Desmond to the, the two and, and Melton, you know, coming off the bench or whatever. So it's – those are two guys, you know, last year we were talking about that with uh, – with, Brandon and Tillman, and then here we are this year with Tillman out of the rotation. I think a lot of that has to do with the preseason. You know, Tillman just he he struggled during the preseason, and and that's why we're seeing Brandon over Tillman. And I was having a conversation with somebody, and they said that they were scared of this. They thought that because of the way the preseason was going, that we would see Brandon Clark over Tillman, and they feel like that Tillman is the better player between the two. And, you know, I, I don't know that I agree or disagree with that. I'm kind of indifferent with that one. Yeah. But, you know, here. like toward, toward the end of last year, it was hands down Tillman. It was Tillman, Tillman oh, on the slide because sure. Brandon Clark was just on the struggle bus. But he looks better this year. His yeah. free throw stroke looks better. The shot, you know, I'll say this a million times if I have to. It still looks mechanical and not natural. But, you know, it is falling a little bit more for him. So, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, we, we do have a guy that, that is capable of stepping in. If he does start to struggle, you know that Tillman is there and he will be ready if his number is called. Yeah, and you just look at the stat sheet. I mean, you, if you didn't watch the game, you wouldn't think B.C. played really well tonight. But I thought he played pretty well tonight. Uh, I mean, he wasn't the shot wasn't falling, but did have six rebounds, two assists, and I think just great activity. Uh, from from him off the bench, I, I think he played pretty well tonight, uh, despite his offensive numbers. Uh, but I, I think if you look at these first two games, I think if you want to take a negative out of it, they're two and zero. I think the fact that they they gave up 121 against Cleveland and 114 tonight. Now I think this team is going to improve as the season goes on. Their offense is definitely ahead of their defense right now, and you're missing Dylan Brooks is is a big big part of that. Uh, so I think he comes back. I think it improves. I think as a team, they're going to improve as time goes on. They always say usually. 
Uh, I mean, you're like I said, coming out of camp, it just seems like their offense is ahead of their defense because I mean, offensively, they're they're clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they did have that one stretch there in the, in the first quarter into the second quarter where they struggled a little bit, but outside of that, I mean, they've been pretty consistent. Uh, they'll be coming down the court when when they need to make shots, they scored uh, tonight, and that was really really good to see. But if anything negative, I think given those big numbers, I think those need to come down a little bit. But again, man, if they were able to overcome that with their offense. So not, you, you win games, man. Not a, not a lot that you can say uh, yeah. about it. They're 2-0 through the first two games, so I'm not going to complain too much. But when, when I looked at this four-game road trip, it looked daunting on paper. Um, and I, I just kind of said, man, if you could find a way to go 2-2 two and two on this trip and, and, and come out of these first five games 3-2, and two, especially without Dylan Brooks, I, I thought that would be fantastic, man. And all they got to do is go 1-2 and two, uh, to finish this out. I kind of identified – Tonight's game was probably the easiest one of the four. Even though the Lakers have been struggling, man, it's tough. You're coming in on the back-to-back, and they're 0-2, and and all both of those games were at home. You just got a feeling that they're going to get that right tomorrow night. I I, I got a bad feeling that they're going to come out right tomorrow night. The Grizzlies might have a little bit of tired legs, kind of a hard-fought game tonight. At least they don't have to travel. Uh, That that makes it positive. But I got a feeling the Lakers are going to correct some things, man. They got some crazy stuff going on, man. You got – AD and Dwight Howard going at it. You saw the video with uh, LeBron James going back and forth with with campaign uh, last night. I mean, their offense looked a looked a mess. Really got the doors blown off last night by Phoenix. Phoenix really came in there and put a whooping on them. So it's going to be interesting. But I, I got a strange feeling that they're going to come out and look a lot better tomorrow night. Yeah, they've definitely got some chemistry stuff going on over there. So you know, the the post game presser Dwight Howard's like, oh yeah, you know, we we squash it after that. We're two <laughs> yeah, passionate we'll grown see. men, and, and we'll it's see. like, bro, y'all had to be separated. Did yeah, you, like, did you really squash it? Second so, game of the season, know, man. <laughs> like he, he he's he's not going to say all you know, like he, he's a professional. Like he, he's not going to say if there is really still something going on. But we'll see. You know, there there are a lot of uh, you know that they're an older team, nine new players. There's a lot of chemistry stuff to work out. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, he, he's used to being a high usage guy. LeBron is a high usage guy. AD is a high usage guy, and so now you you got to figure out you know who's going to do what and what you know who's going to have the ball in their hands. You know, th- th- there's just a ton to figure out, and, and I'm not saying that it's not going to work, but they still got they still have to figure stuff out. And, you know, I'm hoping they're still in that stage tomorrow. Tomorrow may be the day that it clicks for them. Because, I hope you know, not, but I, I got of, a bad feeling. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're kind of – they're coming off of a, a rough start and probably hearing, you know, tired of hearing yeah. people mouthing about yeah. them and all of that. So they're going to come out and try to prove a point tomorrow against a team that's been hot to start the season. So big, big game for them, you know, t- tomorrow. It's early in the season. It's only game three. You hate to say that it's a big game, but, you know, Lakers going into the year are one of the, the title favorites. So – you know what we'll see. You know back to back here for the Grizzlies, and how are their legs going to be? They're going to go in this game ready to go, and you know if they come out of L.A. two and zero, man, you know like they win both games in L.A. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a hell of a start. Yeah, you're coming out of there with house money if you do that. I, I kind of identified tonight's game and Wednesday's game against Portland as the two that I felt most confident about. Uh, I, I just kind of felt like even with the Lakers struggle. Again, man, I know they've been hearing all this. People have been on them. And start off 0-3 and 0-3 at home uh, to, to boot would be be really tough for them. And, and you figure Golden State's probably had this one circle going back to last year uh, in the play. And they're gonna, I think they're going to come out and, 
and, and be ready for the Grizzlies. And that's kind of getaway game, last game of the road trip. You figure the Grizzlies might have some tired legs by then, but who knows, man? We there was this that big long road trip last year uh, that we talked about. I think the Grizzlies ended up winning three or four games on that trip, seven game trip that looked like it was crazy. There were people talking about with the Grizzlies was kind of struggling going in that trip. People were just saying that they were going to go zero and seven and all this crazy stuff, and I think they end up going four and three. Uh, on their trip. So you just never know in the association, man, night in, night out. You never know what you're going to get. But you know, if they're able to go out there and leave L.A. 2-0, and man, that's fantastic. I mean, you 3-0 and going into two tough games. You win another one, man, come out of that thing 4-1, and man, that would be fantastic and crazy to do that without one of your best players in Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yep, for sure. One more thing before we get out of here. I don't want to run this one too long. We're going to have another post game tomorrow so we can – touch on some stuff if we missed anything tonight, but we haven't really talked about Ja all that much. And, you know, he's back-to-back big games here, 28 points, you know, six for eight from the free throw line. He didn't shoot the ball well from three, but he was 10 for 19 overall from the field, eight assists, man, just making all the right decisions. And that's, you know, he had some turnovers tonight, um, just kind of some passes that got away from him. But he is he's locked in and it's it's early in the season. So that's uh it's encouraging to see and the whole, you know, climbing and the, the preseason, the season preview, media availability, media day. He said John Moran all star this year. And he and John Co signed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I um starting off these first two games, you're gonna have a really tough argument to uh if if he's not on the, the all star team. Yeah, and I, and I tweeted out a couple of days ago. I, I said that Jock could easily – I think he could easily average 25 points a game, really, if he wanted to and, and had that volume. I don't think he will because his offense isn't designed for him to kind of have that volume every night. But first few games, man, 37 against Cleveland, 28 tonight. Um, I mean, he's one of the leading scorers in the NBA right now for sure through two games. I think he was number two coming into the night. Uh, I mean, he's averaging probably over 30 right now. I haven't averaged it out, but just doing the math in his head, that's definitely – over 30 points per game. I haven't, he, he, I mean, he's shown right down that he's on a mission through these first two games. And putting up numbers like that, they're going to have a hard time keeping him off to the all-star team, no matter how tough and what kind of guys you got in the, got in the West. You put up those kind of numbers, man, it's gonna, he's going to be automatic. And to talk about him not having a great game and you still score 28 points, I mean, I think that's kind of where we are with him. And he just makes it look easy at times. When he wants to get to the basket, man, he's just his layup package, man, just the moves that he makes able to get around guys. It'll be one on three. He'll find a way to contort his body up for a layup and get it to go, man. It's just amazing to watch at times. Uh, And again, I mean, he just makes it look easy sometimes that it looks like he's not even going full bore and he's still just out there killing it. So I'm really impressed with him, man. The two, two big games start off 37 points against Cleveland and 28 again tonight. And and as you said, just even bigger than the point score, just making the right decisions. You talk, go back to that pass that he made to Jared for that, that big shot there at the end. I mean, he just seems to, to – he's matured for sure. Uh, I mean, he's matured in all areas of his game, and I, and I just think he's ready to go to another level this year. Yeah, yep, I agree with you, man. Do you got anything else before we get out of here? No, man, I think think that's – they got it covered, man. 2-0, and uh, I think a fantastic start for this team. And I've just been impressed by the chemistry uh, that this team has shown. I mean, even with Steven Adams, and, and that's going to get better. With Ja and Steven Adams, the report that they have already, I think, is – tremendous um and i think that's going to get even better as the season goes on that that's scary scary stuff right there and i think jaron is not playing up to the to, to the level that he's going to be even though he had a big game tonight i think he's even going to be better than he's going to be and definitely going to be better than what we saw i think against cleveland 
So, I mean, this team is poised to do some big things this year. I'm feeling really good about my 45-win prediction. You did, you know, you, you say better than he did against Cleveland, but he didn't play bad against Cleveland. No, he, he was he, he was terrible. I'm, I'm not. He wasn't good anybody. on the offensive end. Yeah, I just mean offensively. Yeah, yeah, I just mean offensively. I think he's going to put up bigger numbers for that. I think he's going to be around somewhere around 20 points per game before this things things all said and done. Because I mean, you look at his numbers tonight: 21 points. I mean, I think that's what we saw tonight. I think is more what you're going to get out of him on a consistent basis versus what we saw against Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you, man. So we get out of here. No, uh, no promo today. Actually, I, what I do want to talk to you guys about, if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you. If you like what you're listening to, five-star reviews and subscribing helps us out a ton. It, it's easy to do. You know, it takes just a, a few minutes to go down. And, you know, if you're, you're listening, the subscribe button's right there close to the top. And then go down, like, scroll to the bottom of the podcast, and you'll be able to find the place to leave the five-star review. That helps other people find us. And we're, we're getting into peak season for us. You know, this is game one of the regular season. We're going to be cranking them out, you know, two, three, four, you know, sometimes five shows a week here throughout the season. And that will help us continue to grow. We appreciate you guys for listening. Or appreciate you guys listening. Um, and, and we'll get out of here, man. That, that, that's it. Um, I am on Twitter at DWL2111. The show is at Hootball Grizz. Isaac, tell them where they can find you and get out, get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, man. Enjoy this one, man. 2-0, and o, Memphis Grizzlies. Hopefully, we come back with you tomorrow night. We'll be talking about the 3 and So, until tomorrow night, uh, for David, this is Isaac. We're gone. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 